to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 380 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of randomness, technology and life brought to you from New Zealand. Hello. Yay for New Zealand. Um, and, and for randomness and for technology and for life. Yeah. Anyway, all this, all the things. Okay. So how's your day been going? <laughs> uh, to, today's been okay, but this week I had to, uh, deal with possible crackheads at the, uh, post shop. Oh. Uh, so, you know, obviously at a post shop, they have sometimes the Kiwi Bank setup thing as well. So yep, these yep. people had, um, lost their FPOS card or it had been stolen. And there's three of them. So there's a woman at the counter. There's a teenage girl sort of to one side. And there's a really twitchy man involved who's wandering around in circles. And the woman's sort of yelling at the guy, the Kiwi Bank guy. And he's sort of saying, hey, look, what was your last postal address? And this woman has no idea. She's homeless. She has no idea where she used to live. So he says, okay, I've brought up your details, but I need you to tell me what your last transaction was. How much was it worth? And then she just starts saying, oh, bank transfer, bank transfer. And then the twitchy guy's wandering around yelling about bank transfer. And there's a whole bunch of customers there. And none of us quite know what's going to happen. And um, she was like, oh, I think the last thing was whatever the cost, a packet of smokes is. That was it. So the Kiwi Bank guy goes, yep, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, enough. Get out of my Um, store. Yeah, and And then she says, can I withdraw $500? Is there $500 in that account? And he goes, yes, dollars. And they got excited because they were uh, able to buy lunch and also buy smokes. Um, and then they were all good. And then she says to the guy without missing a beat, are you sleeping okay? What? Yeah. And the Kiwi Bank guy goes, yeah, I'm pretty good. And then I wasn't quite close enough. I'm pretty certain she was trying to ask him if he wanted to invest in something with a 5% return. Oh, my anyway, God. That's what happened. That, that sounds pretty interesting. It's, it's probably more epic than my day. Um, so uh, at the moment, I like the arm went off, 2.30, got up, um, did my stretching for half an hour, which is great. It's, it's working out really good. Oh, nice. um, drove to work, opened up at four, two people not turning up this morning, which is the two people I have working under me, so yay. But we managed to get every all the trucks loaded and out by six thirty anyway, so that's all good. Is that sort of the deadline, six thirty? Yeah, um, yep. yeah. We really want to get them out by six, but I'm happy with six thirty considering it was really only me and I had yeah. Ming helping me. Um, then, um, then I had to drop my car off to get fixed, so it's got that oh, missing yes. thing. So I dropped that off, and they were going to give me a courtesy car, but he goes, "Oh, the courtesy car fell through. I'll just drop you back at work, like." Cool. Okay. All right. So I go back to work and I'm working away there. And then finally, it's like the computer. I'm getting a headache because I'm doing just the, the worst stuff, like accounting type stuff that I don't really like doing. And and then um, SAP decides the something Dewey is, and it just locks me out. I'm like, okay, that's a sign. It's a sign because I've been there at nine, nine hours at that point. It's a sign. It's time to leave. So I shut down. All right. Okay. I haven't got a car. My car, I, I'm out in Tarapa where I'm working. I live in um, by the uni, uh, which is quite a way. Um, yeah. Normally, not a problem. I walk into town, 
I muck around at the library for a bit and then I walk back to Frank's and pick up the car when they're ready yeah, yeah. to go. So I start walking and I've that got doesn't... an umbrella in my bag, which oh, yeah. is okay, good, go, go, go. but it's pissing down. And do you want to know how far I got? Uh, like uh, down down the end of the road your uh, work's on. No, no, I went past there. I, yeah. I got as far as Tarapa Tavern because, oh, wow. because it's Tarapa Tavern. I, got, I was going down, down there, I'm like, Screw this! I'm going to the pub. Uh, I mean, you know, it's okay. I've been to work, I've been at work for eight, nine hours. I, I deserve a drink. So anyway, it was cool. And I popped in. I started chatting to one of the uh, old regulars. So for those that don't realize, I used to work at Tarapa Tavern. We worked it out. It's almost twenty years ago <laughs> since I worked there. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> eighteen, right. I think. So yeah, Same so it's cool. So we talked about some of the old guys. Pretty yep. much all of whom are dead now. So yep. that's because uh, they were regular locals. Yeah, yeah, and um, so yeah, so I um, I sat there with sodden feet for a while, and then um, had two pints, and then uh, paid the five bucks to get the shuttle to drop me back in uh, uh, at go. home. Yep. I got here like just with enough time to change from wet clothes to dry clothes before uh, before four o'clock. So it was cool. So you got your car? Oh. No, I haven't got my car. And oh, I've turned no, the phone on mute, so if he calls me to say the car's ready, he's mm. just going to have to wait. Um, so I don't know quite how I'm going to go and pick up the car. I might have to get a taxi and to pick it up tonight. But anyway, whatever. Is, is it going to be ready today? It better be. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how I'm getting to work tomorrow if it's yeah, not. Yeah. It should um, be. It should be. Shout out to Adam and his birthday movie night. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can never remember the name of the first one. Outland. That's it. Thank you. We watched Outland on the big screen and then The Thing. Yeah. So for those that don't know, they should definitely check out Outland. It stars Sean Connery. Mm. Um, it's a science fiction. I, I think it has a real Western flavor. Like it's to- totally, totally, totally. The storyline. Um, it's it's pretty good. And and Sean Connery has to do some actual acting in it. The graphics and stuff, like because it's 1981, not you know, not up to today's sort of standards. You know, it was 40 years ago. But um, they held up pretty good, I thought. It was good. Yeah. So one of the random facts, because the thing that I was really impressed with was the sets. I really liked how it looked. Yeah. And so the writer-director, Peter Holmes, I guess you say, he did most of the cinematography while this other guy sort of worked when there was something he didn't know how, how to do. And he was misled and said, oh, you'll, you'll do all the cinematography. But he was only there as a scapegoat in case it all went wrong because they used this new process called IntroVision. And IntroVision, it's, that's the very first movie to use IntroVision. And it's a front projection process which allowed an actor or other live screen element to be sandwiched between a projected background and a foreground element. And oh I was like, wow! That's why it looks so cool in some of those shots they were doing. Ah, oh, okay. so anyway, that was pretty good. Now, did you go and watch more movies after that? No, no, no. We went back to Adam's place. I had a couple of beers and we just chatted. Oh, cool. I might. I I don't want to jinx it by saying on the podcast now, but I started, so I'll finish. Um, no, uh, I might. So he's got funding for a, another short film in August. Oh, nice. And so I uh, I f- angled, fished away for a part in it. Um, it sounds a little bit like a Home Alone, and I'd be one of the burglars that gets hammered, basically. Good. I like that. 
Perfect. Perfect <laughs> it's only a short film. And so I'm I'm keen. Adam, I am I it wasn't just the bears talking. I am keen for that. So and I think my uh co-conspirator would be Sash. Uh it sounds like. So yeah. Yeah. That's a good the, combo. Uh, yeah. So that'd be cool. Um, so we'll see if that happens. And it'd be great because I've been working way too much. So I did 10 hours yesterday, nine hours today. I'm working all weekend. It's all work, work, work. Um, so of the business goes through in five weeks' time, I've got a growing list of things to do by settlement date. So yeah. I am busy, busy with that. So by August, I'll be happy to have some time off and do some acting. It'd be great. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, um, I... <laughs> I haven't written this down. I want to talk about this because I don't know whether it's just me and whether I'm just a, a sour, hard-bitten old geezer mm. or whether this is normal. Okay. So I was watching a, a news thing from uh, the US and this 18-year-old, his dad describes him as a tech nut who um, who doesn't worry about what other people think of him. Uh, him and his go- sister. This, this is going great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 18 years old. Yeah. Um, he's He and his sister were at the beach, Jersey Shore or wherever that is, and they had frisbees and they're digging a hole in the sand. And yeah. he dug a hole 10 foot deep. Good and, he was, and it caved in. Yeah, that's what happens. And they managed to rescue his sister. She survived. Yeah. yeah. He did not. Oh, okay. And they're talking about what a tragedy it was. Yes, of course. And I, I had that um, uh, Princess Bride thing in my head going, I do not think that word you are using means what you think you are using. I think the word you are use, wanting to use is stupidity, not I, tragedy. I thought uh, there was going to be more to the story, to be honest. I thought well, gonna... actually, yeah. So oh. anyway, they start interviewing this guy, and he's a professor. And you know how professors do some random things? This yeah. guy studies people who die from sand collapses. No, yeah. no, no, you just made that up. No, no seriously. I'd, no, be seriously. In, I'd be investigating that guy because he's just like. <laughs> yeah, you know. and, and he goes, yeah, it happens far too frequently. I'm like, I mean, I, I, it's, I which it is true because um, this week it happened at that Jersey Shore and it also happened in Utah where a, a teenager, I think, was digging a tunnel into a sand dune. No. Like that's just, that's just dumb. Like that's I, just. No. Dumb. That's stupid. I think a um, lot of people die because they're hanging around near this professor dude. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? I'll give you five fun? bucks yeah. and uh, if oh, you uh, dig a hole. <laughs> what's, the, what's the biggest hole you think you could dig in that sand over there? Well, actually, his his recommendation is if you have to dig a hole in the sand, don't yeah, don't dig it deeper than knee height to the smallest person in your party. Oh, okay. That's his. I mean. That's years of study to come up with that. <laughs> you know, you know how much funding he's getting for that. Oh too, God, I, I don't much. know. But I, what got me was just when they were talking about the tragedy after, yeah, you know, after this interview, and they talk about tragedy. I'm like, is it just me? That's not a tragedy. That's just dumb. And these yeah. people that die this way, it's good for the gene pool. Like, I'm sorry, but. You know. Well, it's a bit crazy when they're that age as well. Like if they were like little kids, maybe you'd be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess if you were seven or eight and you dug a big hole, yeah, that's that's tragic. But, yeah, 18. I wonder what, how old his sister, I assume his youngest sister. 
Mm. But anyway, um, and and you know what? It'll just be brought up over and over again because the dad will just be doing more studies on it. I've written a white paper on how your brother died. We're going to present it together. <laughs> hey, uh, I was just thinking about your job and how you were saying you got a a, a lot of work on. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you could have gone to? You could have gone to a Ministry of Social Development Zoom Job Expo. Have you heard about this? No. Okay. So. Uh, apparently the events failed a little bit, just a little bit. Only 126 people attended, right? So this is a Zoom job expo. How much does it cost to run a Zoom job expo, Chris? Now, this, well, the this, Zoom portion of that is probably a couple of hundred bucks if, you, if you're buying all the licenses for a, a gazillion people on the, um, mm. on the webinar. Um, so and then if you've got a professional camera crew and all that, I, I reckon the most you could possibly spend is like four grand. So I'll just, I'll just give you a bit of an outlay. The Expos connected job seekers with employers, and then they could set up follow-up meetings. They had an online platform that had features where you could create and view profiles oh, okay. and, then, and then host and attend video sessions. And there had to be a bit of security involved, but Zoom was integrated for the video call session. So 126 people. How much did this thing cost to set up? Okay, I'll say 20 grand. $835,000. Good God. Thank you, taxpayers. Uh, They probably won't be doing it again in the same form. They acknowledged that using the platform for that purpose wasn't as successful as they would have hoped. Hang on. They've spent the money. They've got the platform. No. No, like freaking no, use gonna, the platform again. No, we're it, probably no. We'll if you that. use it one more time, you know how much it costs per use? Four hundred thousand. Um, that's way better than eight hundred thousand. <laughs> I don't think you understand how government departments work, Chris. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a bit crazy. That is crazy. Did you hear about the digger ram raid in um, Wellington this this uh, week? Yeah, at the BP. Yeah, uh, yeah, a service station. Was it BP? BP. Yeah, yeah. My sister's best friend is the overall. I don't know. She got a new job and she does like the bottom North Island petrol station. She's oh, it might be area manager of all those petrol stations. Oh wow, something like that. So yeah, yeah. that's one of hers. But, but they got nothing. They got away with nothing. I but I don't know what you'd be expecting to get. Like I don't know. I I yeah. no. I reckon they just went for a job. But they ride. reckon they reckon or oh, the guy. Interview. They interviewed the owner, and he goes, "Like, yeah, whoever did it knew what they were doing because they knew how to get in, open the window, and get in. They knew how to turn the hydraulics on. Mm. They knew how to start it. You know, like it wasn't like some random. Yeah, I think it was just some drunk person, and uh, I don't know. Maybe he was after a pie, and then realized it all cold. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) They um, did I tell you about the sea glider thing? Sea glider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, we talked about it on this because yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. one that we, we were like, is it a plane that flies just no, above no, the just, thing or no, no. So, is it on hydrofoils? But yeah. yeah, it's on hydrofoils. So this US-based startup called Regent um, has $4.6 billion worth of US, US, yeah, US $4.6 billion worth of orders. Now, the New Zealand-based people went over there and they've already put a million dollar deposit for 25 aircraft, and that'll eventually go up to $700 million. And they're real excited because there's a video of one of these things, right? And the demo that they've been shown is for a like a one quarter size 12 seater yeah. version. 
they're eventually going to get hundred seater version of these things. And they're like, God, oh, go everywhere. And people are like, it doesn't show it turning and it's on dead flat water. So this guy wants to go through the cook straight on one of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And- Cause they were saying um, uh, on the news, it was on the news that, you know, they, they, got the first uh, the first prototype or whatever had been shipped over here or something. Mm. And they said, yeah, they're looking at going Auckland to Whangarei uh, yeah. in 30 minutes for 30 bucks. I, I think I think it's what they're saying. And it's like, yeah, what is the weather parameters for that? I don't know. It's There's 346 comments on this news story and everybody's just like, I think – they need to do a bit more research into things. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it would be really cool as a um, lake transport or Milford Sound, something yeah. like that. That'd be real cool. But I don't know about how safe I'd feel uh, going from like Christchurch to Wellington for sixty bucks in this weird floating thing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's hard to say. It really is because um, if it can skim the waves, so it mm. it actually. That- airlifts and it's not a problem yes that's what it does in this video but there's no waves yeah that's what i'm saying but if there's waves if it can seamlessly go straight and it it might be able to yeah yeah it it might be all right but i don't know might be a bit dodgy um what was i going to say i was going to say have you heard about the kazakhstan toddler rescue no i'm no so uh there's a i've got a link there and you can see a photo um, and what happened was this dude in Kazakhstan was walking along mm. and he sees, I think it was the eighth floor from memory, um, a toddler hanging out of a window, like holding on to a window. So this guy runs into the building, runs up the stairs to the floor below, bangs on the door, gets in, and he climbs out of the window oh, yeah, and rescues the toddler. Um, and, you know, somebody films he's, this or whatever. He's putting a lot of faith in that window. He's sort of. Leaning on, I know it's that is a scary because that's quite high up. He's he's on the like hundred feet. Floor. He's a hundred feet. Oh, eighty feet up, eighty feet up. Yeah, eighth story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. That's quite scary. Um, so, in this news story, it says um, you know he's been given an award by the government or something, mm. but basically they gave him a television set. <laughs> Yeah, but that's probably a really cool thing, isn't it? It probably is. It just cracked me up, though. Um, He's been awarded a badge for courage in emergency situations by the first vice minister of emergency situations. They have a vice minister of emergency situations in Kazakhstan. Sorry, I just read that. I didn't realize it. Of course they do. Um, but but yeah, I give it give him a TV set. So I'm woo-hoo. I'm impressed that he worked out what building, what room he had to go into. I am too. Like so, was there no one at home where the child was? Because you'd think you'd go there first and just pull them up through their own window. Yeah, yeah. There's a few questions there, right? Yeah, because mm. the way he's climbed out onto oh, no that one, window, no one was with the girl. It said. So she was by herself and somehow got out the uh, got out the window. And just it's crazy. It's mental. Yeah, it's a bit shantabave. Shantabave. I've said that wrong, probably, but there you go. Good on you, Sabet. Anyway. Do you, do you know much about kiwi fruit licenses? Kiwi fruit licenses? No, yeah, I, I just, know I, nothing. I found this random story and um, they're selling for top prices. So 
Zespri releases licenses to grow gold kiwi fruit every year and growers have to bid on them. So this year, they've said, look, we'll grow another 350 hectares of gold kiwi fruit. Half of what's offered last year, right? The median price of a license per hectare is $801,000 now per hectare. Now, do you have to pay that regardless of the outcome of the crop? Or is that, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that a total risk? Like you pay that up front and then if you get a shit crop, well, you had a luck. That's how, is, I, that's how I understand it. Because I would... I don't think that I don't think that's viable. Like you, you couldn't get a loan for that. Whereas if you say it, it's a percentage on what you grow, and this is what we expect out of it is eight hundred thousand per hectare. Yeah, so it's got to be like released to obviously existing kiwi fruit farms that just want to expand. I'm assuming, like, yeah, you know, it's it's that varietal though, right? Because they own the rights to that yes. genetic code. So Ruby Red Kiwi Fruit, which I think is that new one. Yeah. That's only 147,000 per hectare median. Right. So anyway, I uh, just thought that was Yeah, that's that is interesting. interesting just a random thing. Yeah, cuz yeah. Now that is that is definitely interesting. Talking about interesting and random. Yes. Have you heard the latest uh, Trump stories that have come out from Mark Esper's book? No. So Mark Esper was, I think, the Secretary of Defense through the Trump administration. Yeah. I think that's who he was. And so he's just written a book and he's been in all the talk show things and talking about it. But there's a couple of things that have, that have hit the news that if you haven't, if you haven't had a grin today, here you go. <laughs> I'm looking at, <laughs> at, at Sam like putting his hand over his head. No, um, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Okay, here we go. First one, Trump asked Esper, because there was all these hurricanes hitting um, the US and all the rest of it. Yeah. He's like, are we sure that the Chinese don't have a hurricane gun? Hey, there's a problem. I mean, that's that's a valid question. Um, yeah, he's watched, he's watched James Bond films with all the crazy, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. People. So it's it's perfectly possible. So, yeah, I, I thought that was insane, but anyway, okay, fair enough. The other thing he did was he floated the idea a couple of times, and Mark Esper had to talk him down from it, yeah. But he was like, you know, we've got the real problem with drugs in this country. It's the cartels, and the cartels are terrible, and they're doing bad things, and we need to take out the cartels. Can't we just fire some Patriot missiles over and just blow up the cartels? What? And um, like just what? And Mark Esper's like, well, we, we, Mexico is an ally of the United States. We have good relations. We can't fire missiles into Mexico. Oh, yeah, but the... But the Mexicans will like us for getting rid of their cartels. Besides, we don't have to tell them it was us. <laughs> <laughs> we just won't tell them we did it. And it's like, who the heck else has got Patriot missile? Who, who's, I mean, who do they you think's had, doing it? If, <laughs> if you had to pick somebody as a guest <laughs> and he's there, you'd be like, so apparently they got floated a few times and it had to be pushed back pretty radically. Um, 
No, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Are you sure? No. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, the old toddler in chief. Don't you miss him? Hey, um, I just realized I forgot to tell you. Shout out to uh, somebody that just started liking and following our Facebook page, a second Jamie. Jamie from your improv class. Did you see that? Oh, right. No, I, did, I didn't. So if you're listening, Jamie, welcome. I don't know how many episodes you've listened to. I hope you've listened to the whole back catalog. Just to get a full <laughs> rounded picture. Yeah, that, that that's a bit of an ask these days. That's quite a long catalog, to be honest with you. But it yeah, is. but there it are is. some there are some gems in it. I will say. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, that, good to, to, you know who should be listening to our podcast? This couple that apparently lived aboard a cruise ship because it makes more financial sense than a mortgage. Yeah, I heard a little bit about that. Well, this is your story, so you tell me about it. I'm just reading the headline. <laughs> Did you like that transition? <laughs> there was, there's a great transition. I was like. God, I thought I put that in there. Yeah, well, there's not much to the story other than the story. So, uh, you know, but basically, yeah, there's this couple. They um, have they retired? They thought that they would save up to retire, and then they realised that, hang on, um, we shouldn't wait and do all this travelling after we retire. We should do it yes. now. So they worked out as like just $89 a day. No, sixty. well, 62 Australian dollars a day. Oh, yeah, something like that. That's mental because when you think, I bet, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so they um, occasionally end up uh, landbound because they're going from one cruise to another cruise or something. But isn't there a cruise ship if you've got tons of money that is basically a floating retirement home? I'm sure there's one out there that is circling the world I know that there's been um, a couple of times they've tried to sell those things because I know that um, the dollop did a – was it dollop? I'm sure it was dollop. Or maybe it was behind the bus. No, it must have been the dollop. I'm sure the dollop's done an episode on something like that. Um, the ones that did the, the island, but they ended up going to um, – they, yeah. they wanted to get an island for the rich and they ended up making it a ship. And it, it, People sold shares and it never got anywhere. But yeah, anyway, so these guys have been um, enjoying the seafaring life of seafaring nomads till, since May 2021. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not too long. That's yeah, it hasn't okay. been too long so far. It's been like a year. It'll be interesting because presumably the prices are going to go up with the price of oil, which is going to be a problem everywhere. Of course. Um, but here's Angeline's top tips. Do you want to hear the top tips? Yeah. First and most importantly, make sure you enjoy being at sea. Cruising is not for everyone. Try different cruise lines to see what appeals to you. Yeah. Good call. Sign up for loyalty programs and keep an eye on deals being offered by multiple cruise lines. Yep. Be flexible with travel dates and try to stay in a geographical area as long as possible. To cut down on travel costs between ships. So you want to go to um, well-traveled routes, I think yeah, is what yeah. she means. Um, so you don't want to do the Alaskan tour and end up in Anchorage and go, oh, crap. Um, book inside cabins or the lowest cost rooms. Um, and every now and again, a balcony room will cost the same as an inside cabin. Mm. Um, stay away from beverage packages. Yes. <laughs> See, that would be my downfall, I think. Uh, keep track of your costs and be mindful of your budget. Don't get carried away with purchasing items or gambling in the casino. Um, and travel light. There's no need to bring tons of things with you since there are stores all over the world to purchase what you need. I don't know. Yeah, no. It'd be cool. Have you you ever been on a cruise? No, we were looking into it potentially next year. Maybe I'm I'm keen to go on a cruise, and I don't we, know if I t- 
told you about this, but when I was in uh, Chicago for a conference, I, I, I met this Aussie dude, and I was yep. the only Kiwi there. So, or, yeah, I think I was the only Kiwi there, or it was one other Kiwi I knew that was there. And um, I bumped into this Aussie dude, so we just started talking at bar, and he, I said, oh, what are you up to after this? He goes, oh, I'm Caribbean, I'm going for a cruise for uh, eight weeks or six weeks. And I was like, oh, nice. He goes, well, yeah, it's sort of nice. <laughs> it's my job. And all oh. he did was book talks on cruises and go on all these cruises all the time. And I'm like, yeah. my God, it sounds awesome. So it'd be like a tra- doing training on a cruise. Well, you, they do it for anything. So there's a giant pumpkin cruise every year. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's yeah. a big thing in the States. A lot mm. of places do them. And I hadn't heard of it before that. And this was you know, 10 years ago or more. And so I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do like the TEDx talker speaker training or whatever training I can do on a cruise. I just want to do that. Fill That's a cruise. What you so, should do. Yeah, no, I do. So but I, I, I'm like, I should actually go on a cruise first and see if I like it and I can yes. handle it. But um, but yeah, I, that, that's something I want to do. Anyway, carry on. Change, change the No, story. no, good. We're coming to the end of the podcast, Chris. Let's wrap it up there. So um, what, what's coming up for you in the next week or so? Uh, exciting? Got, no, work, house inspection, and no, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and I've just got work, work, work. Yay. Um, but yeah. That's good. All good. All right. So uh, if you are listening uh, for the f- first time or fairly new, welcome. And uh, definitely check out on the website, the Chris and Sam podcast. We have got a few of our favorite episodes listed there on the front page. So maybe have a listen to those. Yep. Uh, there is Go a on. lot of back catalog there. Um, and do us a favor um, and share it with somebody else you think would like it. That would be cool. Yes, we would appreciate that. Uh, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.